You're listening to the Tooth Sleuth Podcast. Hosted by Greg Essenmacher. Welcome to the Tooth Sleuth Podcast, all about the business of dentistry. I'm Greg Essenmacher, your host. Although I'm not a dentist, I've been known to play one over your favorite listening devices. On today's episode, I'd like to welcome Dr. Payman Raisi, or Payray, as he's more commonly known in the Instagram world. Payray is a leading full-mouth implant specialist and digital workflow whisperer from Nashville, Tennessee. He's an entrepreneur, influencer, and educator in the dental sphere who is known for his transparent, no-secrets approach towards training. He's become an ambassador for dentists and specialists who know there's more to dentistry than what they were taught in dental school. He's one of the original founders of the DIA conference, Dental Influencers Alliance, owns his own all-on-X-focused practice, My New Smile, and recently built his own in-house lab, which he happily named Payray 3D Studios. In 2022, he's slated to deliver several keynote addresses at events like Henry Shine's Thrive and the ICOI World Congress. His goal this year is to help others understand more about the digital side of dentistry. So, Dr. Payray, one of my favorite things in your intro is the fact that you've become an ambassador for dentists who knows that there's more to dentistry than what they were taught in dental school. So what was your experience like in dental school when you attended? Well, in dental school, when I attended, especially, um, it was weird at the beginning because, um, or in dental school, because everything that we used to get in order to graduate, it was the whole point of us, or at least for me, and a lot of us um, in school was being able to finish the requirements um, and graduate on time. There was no thinking about how are we gonna... Um, yeah, so the idea in dental school was really to escape and, and survive and, and get out to get to do a lot of cool things, but you don't really know exactly what those cool things are. I was not necessarily in um, social media uh, in dental school. All I wanted to do in dental school was really graduate and get my requirements. So as soon as I got my requirements, um, and graduated, the whole uh, dentistry started shaping a whole differently for me right after, right after graduation. And that's when I slowly start realizing that, oh my goodness, like everything that I have now just graduated is just nothing compared to what I really need to learn and do. And <clears throat> that breaking point happened so quickly for me right after school to realize the amount of education that I actually needed to learn more than just um, what I learned in school. And everything kind of slowly started shaping about towards that uh, being able to do things outside the box, being able to see things in order to allow other people to see it the same way that there is a lot of opportunities, especially for younger dentists that graduate these days. So... I'm happy to be able to at least show, partake a little bit of that on social media scene to show that uh, you don't have to be a necessarily an oral surgeon to do a lot of these, even things like zygoma or pterygoid or other other sort of surgery. Um, 
So it's been it's been a blessing and a, and a great journey for about now almost eight years, seven and a half years from dental school. I mean, that's fantastic in such a short period of time to come from, you know, just graduating, just trying to, you know, survive and then thrive, you know, as yeah. you said. So tell me a little bit about, you know, you talked about what was needed uh, to learn and do that you really didn't get in dental school. So what were some of those pieces that you had to pick up along the way? Um, you know, specifically once you got out of dental school that kind of hit slammed you in the face that you had to learn. Some of those pieces. The, the, the pieces that for me was um, at the beginning and it's been, uh, it's always forever I'm learning, right? It's only been seven and a half years. It's not yeah. that long ago. <laughs> I know, but what I'm thinking, it's been such a, it's almost like a lifetime, honestly, for right. me, ever since I got my dental degree that the beginning of it, I uh, started in the corporate world. So I was kind of handed, handed this uh, opportunity where I would just show up and do, uh, do my dance and do, do get paid and keep going. But the education part where I didn't gain was a lot of it through implant surgery. So I picked up a month after school that, oh my God, how much implants could help improve people's lives? Because I was in a denture war, uh, denture practice, and ever ever since seeing that in the implant, and and that's when I'm like, okay, well, implants in my school at least I know. I didn't really get to learn much about implants. So for me, it was a big eye opening. Wow. Okay. So you think you know, but surgery. So I started just taking a ton of, um, continuing education in a world of oral surgery and implant surgery. And to me, um, those were things that were not enough in school. So like the surgery they show you, there's nothing like where you need to learn out of after school. So those were the things at the beginning. And then along the the ways, uh, the reason I said that at the beginning is because at first, once I got the education from my CEs and getting the implant, then I slowly realized um, when I opened my practice that, oh my goodness, this is a whole another ball game now that I'm not in the part of corporate. So the whole business structure of how I'm building and establishing my office needs to have a persona. And that is my persona. So those are the things that I'm saying over the course of time, learning about communication, about business of dentistry, about uh, implant dentistry, and, and then getting the fun and uh, the joy of teaching it. So now I'm blessed to be able to actually teach some of the cool things that I'm doing in my office. And later on, uh, I built the lab as well. So that also opened up more opportunities where you could do things with the Zircon and anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it's been amazing. I can't complain. It's been, um, it's been a very, very interesting and a bliss, blissful journey for me since graduation. That's <laughs> fantastic. And what you speak about, you know, once you got out of dental school, right, is that, you know, becoming a, a CE junkie, right? Initially learning about implants and, but that's the clinical aspect. Right. So learning the clinical aspect, super critical. You have to have that foundation. But then you talk about the implementation into your practice. Right. So there's a couple of pieces there. The business side of it. Right. So the Tooth Sleuth podcast, it's all about the business of dentistry. Right. Which has so many different aspects to it. You know, understanding, you know, partnering 
working with the right manufacturer and what can they do to support you and it's not just you know a screw you're putting in in a patient's mouth it's so much more but i really want to i want to hone in on something that you you spoke about there and you mentioned it it was almost a throwaway line but i want to hone in on it because it really is a theme that with a number of my guests we've been talking about especially lately and that is you talked about it as the persona of your practice so the, the culture the brand if you will of your practice tell me a little bit about that how did that did it evolve what is it something intentional did you have help with that talk to me about that journey because that really speaks to a lot of our listeners because we have really two sets of listeners one are the entrepreneur side the clinician side and then the others are those that really work with and you know talk to uh, those clinicians so talk to me a little bit about that how that evolved for you how that came about I think the, uh, the beginning of it, uh, started with, um, I mean, if you think about it, us, we are humans. We like to connect to people and this, in this world of social media and online presence, um, when you open an office, when you, uh, open a scratch from a scratch, you have to put your whole life into it. It's like your baby. It's something where you have, um, that you created, that you build the wall certain way, the room certain space, the operatory certain shape, because you, you like to do certain things this way, or you want to, this is what you want. But one thing about it was, it's not necessarily the building in the space. It's, it's really the person behind the walls. It's the person who is really doing this, who is putting the team together. And at the beginning, when I first opened the practice, I didn't really think about, wow, if I don't really put myself out there, someone else will. If I don't put myself out there, somebody else is going to take the same patient that I could have helped. They're going to go to somebody else or some other practice. But it wasn't really even the a scarcity factor for me. It was my journey with connecting to people started right out of the school with my Snapchat and Instagram. So the moment I graduated, I found this so fascinating that we could give the smiles to patients for so so such a quick, short amount of time. And I wanted to capture that moment. I wanted to capture this, wow, guys, look at what we can do with what we have available. And being able to see that connecting with the audience and the dentist, because that's where most of my followers are, 20,000, most of them, I mean, are doctors and dentists. What I realized is, okay, connecting to people, to dentists, I've got it. Two years after school, now I have to connect to people. How do I connect to people? But they're not dentists. I have to think about what am I going to do? How am I going to, how am I going to connect? And that made me think about this whole world of, okay, content. You talk about content and we're getting into the content and content is key where when I opened the practice, before I opened, I was thinking about what am I going to present to the world that this practice can do for you. Um, it's hard to just write words on your website and say, hey, come here. And this. I just wanted, I wanted my work to speak for itself. I wanted right. my videos of patient testimonials to just bring me patients. I wanted, so in order to get those, you had to kind of create a strategy where, where you're marketing and, and, but ultimately when we talk about all of those things, at the end of the day, patients come to you because they see you. 
they see part of you. And if you have a personality that patients have a good, uh, like, for example, I have a good, uh, we have a very, I'm blessed to say that we have a very good acceptance rate because I feel as though I love what I do so much that my patients see that through um my website, through the social media, through Google, through whatever. But that is my persona. That's my brand. That's the way that I like to connect with them. It doesn't mean that you have to do it a certain way. Everybody's so different. But to me, at the end of the day, we all going back to the humans being wanting to connect to societies. If you have a dental practice and it's private and you don't have enough online content of yourself and your team and the, and the, and the world around you, people are already going to have a hard time coming to see Dennis because we are, we are not the best people to go to or most satisfying, um, businesses for patients to go to. However, if you keep yourself online and keep engaging with the people then you're going to see this reward coming one year after the next and every year kind of accumulating exponentially for you to a point where right now I could just say, and after all of this, I can say five years into practice from scratch, I have made my practice completely full mouth, implant focused, fixed restorations. And I can do that because I've managed to make three million, three and a half million dollar production. And that's good business. And that business comes with a, with thinking about when I built this office, I, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to create a hybrid that I could help over denture patients and I could help fix patients. That hybrid after the second year, third year turned into more fixed to where at the end of fourth and fifth, and now this is my sixth year, I'm going to be completely fixed. So these are the rewards of it, right? Like practicing where I pictured myself, Greg, that I want to go to the morning and I want to see, for example, Mondays, I don't want to work. I want to do this random stuff like administration because Mondays are all always like uh, crazy patients, crazy calls. You got so much. <laughs> so I create my schedule in a way that I love to see. So five years ago, I was like, okay, what can I do? What do I want to see in the morning? I'm going to want to see a big surgery. So that's what my practice is. We do three, four arches um, a week and we do about uh, four, sometimes four to five arches. So it's about really 15 to 20 some arches sometimes a month. And that is already I try to do and we have the lab, but this all comes back to the persona I try to create because that is my persona because I want to do full mouth. I love full mouth so much and that's pretty much been my online presence where I love helping people gain that. Right. And you, and you talk about it, right? And one of the things that you're really talking about is that the practice isn't just the materials, right? It's, it's the people behind it. And, and I want to explore that a little bit because also something that our regular listeners will know this full well, that I want to hear more about because it's really the culture of your team. They're an extension of who you are. You've put them together. You've established that culture by you. You're using the word your persona. You're putting that out there and you're establishing and creating that culture within your team. It also requires you to be a little vulnerable with them in order to get the, the phrase you used was a high acceptance rate 
right? And that's because I, I know this to be true. It is because of the vulnerability that you show with your patients that they then trust you. And and I want to touch on something. So if if people who know you, right, and, and they'll see on the podcast, they'll see your name, and I, I'm sure that they'll probably Google you or whatever the case may be if they're interested. So at the Neodent Symposium last year, you were very vulnerable, right? You shared and it... it it is truly amazing. And vulnerability is a theme on my podcast that has come up so many times. So what was the inspiration behind that? Was it an off the cuff and it just kind of happened? Because sometimes that inspiration just comes. There's planned what you have planned. And then, you know, something moves you and leads you in a direction to share something and become very vulnerable. That's moving for a lot of people. So tell me a little bit about that experience and the vulnerability. Where does that come from? Share with share with our listeners a little bit about that because it's working through the fear. So tell me a little bit about that. Share it with our listeners. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, appreciate I mean, every, everything you said. I really do appreciate everything you said. And I think um, the, the story of being able to um, break yourself down to a point of, um, telling people that, Hey, behind what you guys see, there is this, there's a, there's a person behind it. And this is what I was going through. And I think part of that is story that I wanted to explain. And I think for the audience that haven't really heard of it, it was like just a little intro. It was me coming becoming aware of my, my habits and my, my problems that I was consuming too much, uh, different ways of getting out. For example, alcohol was a problem, my relationship with, um, alcohol and, and so forth that made me talk about those things. Um, I thought when I come and become vulnerable and that goes back to the team, I like to live a life where I'm as so transparent with myself, with the people, with the, everybody around me that I don't have to put on a, a, a mask that I'm like trying to fight this. I just want to be as a strong of a leader as possible. But then that same strong leader needs guidance. That same strong leader needs therapy. That same strong leader needs people to talk with. And who is best around us that we can talk to. We have the great team around us. I mean, creating that team. And that's been the most challenging thing that if you can put a good time and effort into building that team, it has so much reward because every one of them is giving you something that the other person is probably not able to. And that's not their personality because you know, you don't care about that, but it's just the collection of a diversity of people that come together. But the only way, the only way that they feel as though that they can help you is when you make them part of this um, process. And that is the biggest thing for me is I like my team to be involved with engaged. I want them right. to be, I want them to be, um, have authority. I want them to feel the freedom of expressing themselves. I want them to come to me and tell me, Hey, we have ideas. We want to do this. We want to, so like business ideas, for example, uh, we want to, if we were, uh, and all of these things that we have done to where we are, everything is really a collective suggestion of the staff and the team members and everybody. But what because they bring a different perspective. Than exactly. You do, right? Because yeah, they have a yeah. fresh set of eyes. Fresh yeah. set of eyes, especially some of them that are outside of dentistry. 
And yes. they come to dentistry. Those are the amazing ones because they are seeing the outside what's happening. And so they're telling us, what have you thought about it this way and that way? So anyways, being vulnerable, it's a big dialogue talking about it. However, one of the things I thought would be helpful is a lot of doctors, I feel, unfortunately, we go through a lot of stress and the the anxiety behind running a very private practices and 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 either even if you are in a corporate it doesn't really matter at the end of the day you need to be able to unplug and declutter your mind and be able to um enjoy what you do and if that is not what you're enjoying and you're trying to escape the reality of what's happening, then there is a problem. And that's where you got to sit down and see what is this problem. And for me, for example, I'm just using that here for the second time. I'm going to say alcohol, for example, was a problem. And I thought to myself, if I make this uh, just the speech talking about how I was struggled with everything I was going through this building, this lab, for example, and everything that was coming with it. I can maybe resonate with so many people that maybe are going through the same thing. Maybe they can, maybe they can connect. Maybe they see what I went through and maybe I could be a part of if this transformation or if this positivity will tell them, Hey, there is a positive side. There is this side. Maybe that would help them. So that was my intention of being able to, now that I'm, I'm where I'm at, I'm happy. Can I? Can I transfer a little bit of this karma, the positivity that I gained from this journey of being sober and changing everything around me and my system to somebody else, which is so amazing because right after the speech, there were so many guys, so many people were coming to me that were just telling me this, Greg, that I wish you talked more about those things than your clinical part. Mm. Right. Because, and these are implant doctors, these are crazy successful people, sure, but right. unfortunately, unfortunately, the world that we live in, it's so many information, so many, and it's good, it's not a bad thing, we just have to be able to manage this anxiety, manage this stress, you know, a way that is productive and it's not destructive. Well, and it's what, it's what you were talking about, right? The, the craving for human connection. Right. So even if it is at an implant conference, even if it is dentists getting together and speaking dentistry at the core of every human is a desire for human connection. And so when we talk about the business of dentistry, we're really just talking about the business of human beings that happen to be in the vertical of dentistry. And it really is about humans connecting with humans. And because it was something that was that resonated with everyone. They were, yeah, the clinical case is great, but it's that human connection. And when you put the vision out there like you have and you've shared and said, you know what, this is what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about fixed hybrids, and this is what I want to. And in five, six years, I think you said it was six years, you have now transformed your practice, right? Eight years out of dental school, started in corporate, you know, which a, a lot of individuals do, right? I mean, I can only imagine whether it was 300000 or 500000 in debt that you came out of dental school with, <laughs> unless somebody two, wrote a check for you, and I don't want to ask you that question. No, two, oh, 280, two okay. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't want I didn't want you to have to expose yourself to everybody. No. I've asked you. You talked about being vulnerable, but that's a little bit beyond the pale. I wouldn't do that to you. But you know, it, it is a route, right? You know, whether you become an associate or wh whatever the case may be, right? Uh, uh, unless you you know are in a legacy practice, whatever that is, and then in, in a very short order, you set the vision out there, and then 
had the the knowledge, somebody came in your path and said, mm, there's a better way. And to be able to have that self-awareness and the self-honesty to say, yep, that's the connection that people are looking for and people will gravitate towards that. And as long as you stay on a journey like that. And so for all of my listeners out there, you know, a takeaway right from this episode but if you're a regular listener you know that that is a theme that has gone through and, and i really appreciate that that that's the piece that you're you're sharing on today with us there's a, a running part of my episodes that everybody knows about that's a regular listener and this is where i'm gonna break off and do this and then we'll come back so it's called what the sleuth is going on so Three rapid fire questions. I want the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yes. Question number one. What is the worst bad breath you've ever encountered? It was after taking off a fixed bridge from a patient who had got it done in the like years and years ago. And it came um, because there was a pain. There was pain involved. And I knew when we took this out, it is going to be, this whole thing is going to come out. So yeah, it, it happened. It did. And it came out. And oh my goodness, it was bad. All of my dental, all of my guests that are dentists always have like, and they have that same cringe look. On like this face. is, this is, I'm talking to another level where I've even taken picture of this. So I could actually share this with you if you really like uh, with the drop, because I, I could, I'd ne- I've never seen anything like it. That's incredible, right? It's yeah. Question number two, if you could change one thing about your smile, what would it be? I wish if I could make my smile more symmetrical on one side, I go, so one of my massive uh, zygomatic muscle, like from the upper lip on one of them, it, it contrasts more than the other. It's kind of like one of them doesn't go as high. So when I smile, I feel like sometimes this one goes higher and that's the only thing I wish, uh, or I could probably change. It's my muscle. It's not really the smile. Do, do you have the whole Syl- Sylvester Stallone thing going on a little probably, bit? Probably. I don't know. You, you just use that. that, that I, that's a, that's a good analogy. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. (laughs) Little did you know, you got a little Sly Stallone in you. There you go. Question number three. If you could go back and be the inventor of any dental product, which one would you choose and why? Ah, that's a hard one. I would do, I would probably do um, implant. I would probably be inventor of the first implant and the why is because I've seen the joy that it brought to my patients in their eyes that lived so happily after to where some of them um, even passed, but they slipped with happy being able to smile towards the end of their life. And that emotion, that human connection is something that implant brought to me so quickly right after school too. I think that would be the number one thing if I wanted to invent, go back, probably invent that. But, um, but I think there's still uh, so many great things to be invented still. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and dentistry, as you know, it, and I've been, I've been in it for 15 years now. It, it almost feels like it's accelerating exponentially with the innovation and it's, it's really exciting. Yeah, it's a really exciting 100%. time to be in it. Absolutely. Yeah. So in the last few minutes we have here, you talk about the high acceptance rate and you just hit the nail on the head. It's not so much about the mechanical, but more the emotional for what you do for your patients. And, and that's really critical. But I, I want you to share with, with my listeners 
you do a lot of mentoring. Um, that that's obvious. That, you know, anyone who follows you on social media or sees anything that you do or has met you knows about some of the mentoring that you do. So, share with our listeners. If you were to either tell yourself coming out of dental school, but but leave that aside because that you know that's the whole. If you could go back and do it all over again, we're not going to play that. We're not going to do that. But for someone who's coming out of dental school, or maybe if they're in their third or fourth year of dental school, what what could you share with them? Maybe a nugget or two that could help them potentially avoid a pitfall or two, or help them in their decision making process of what next looks like. Um, that they might not be anticipating? I think at this point, when I'm looking at 2022, and when I remember graduating around 2013, 14, it's so much have changed to where I think even right now, looking back, um, I would say for anybody that looks forward to graduate and start working, I would say to them to not worry about just 2023, 24. Think about 2030. Think about what is going on then. And in this world that we live in, the, 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 the pace of technology and how fast is going. And so quickly, it's just everything is changing. I would say start learning as much digital dentistry and understanding the computer flows and, and, and file manipulation and just getting to understand the technician side. It's going to help a lot more, um, for anybody that is full. Um, I can say this for full mouth people, the people that are interested in full mouth dentistry. Um, because I get so many people, like you just said, in terms of asking me, what's the best? Should I go residency? Should I do this? Do I like to do? And I honestly get these. I cannot, I'm not kidding. If I told you three to four doctors a day, I'm, I'm getting the same, same messages either on Facebook or Insta asking the same thing. Doc, I'm a perio resident or doc, I'm a GP at this or I'm at AAGD, but how could I do this? And how could I? And I think of it is think about. If you like full mouth, then you have to think about everything that is connects to the full mouth. You have to understand. So the first two years for me was surgery, like bone grafting and surgery and sinus grafting. Then I realized, oh my goodness, I don't, I don't know any pros. So then I took all the pros because I was the one who was making the teeth. So then I took all the pros. Then I realized, oh my goodness, the bone is good. The teeth are good, but the tissue looks awful. So then I take all these tissue grafting courses. Then I realize, oh my God, so many people have need pterygoids or zygoma because they don't have any bone. So then I learned that what I'm saying is in a world of full mouth, it doesn't stop. You cannot just go to a one CE or two CEs or three CE. It's a life worth of learning. And with that being said, I recommend anybody that thinks full mouth is the way that they like to practice is that get familiar with the digital side. That's the part where you slowly start thinking that because I think to be honest, Greg, it's so hard to even go and explain the analog as much as now that I have, I used to do everything analog because I was, I mean, denture practice. We did everything analog. And right. now that we do everything with model-less for the past two years, we don't even have a cast, not a single cast. So it's hard for a lot of people that are slowly now getting out of school. A lot of these guys that are getting into practices, if they are building their own, if they are familiar with the digital workflow, with the technology, with the, um, 
with some of these equipments, that would kind of get them a little bit ahead of the curve as opposed to completely be new to these digital workflows. Yeah, that, that's that's fantastic. And and advice should be well taken by our listeners for sure. I, I Unfortunately, we have run out of time. The time has gone so fast, Thank but you. please share with everybody your socials so they know where to find you and how to follow you because yes. it's great. Thank you very much. My social is uh, Dr. at Dr. Peyre. It's D-R-P-E-Y-R-A-Y. And um, love to connect to anybody who has uh, who listens to this and who has questions. They like to learn about mentorship. They like to um, anything, anything that I could help. Please um, get me with on Instagram. I try to get back with people. Sometimes I get honestly right now there is 40, 50 still unread messages I got to get back to. But I try to listen because I usually go through quickly. And sometimes some of the ones that I could help quick, I do. But I'm honestly, if I wanted to spend my whole day, I could literally every day just be, be well on. that's your monday right you, <laughs> about that. you should spend your monday no it's fantastic and the good thing is we'll make sure that we have that as well when we post thank you uh, for your the podcast episode and people can find it that way thank you so much it's been fantastic chatting with you appreciate you being on today thank you for listening to the tooth sleuth podcast if you're a dentist and interested in learning more on how to grow your business reach out to our show at toothsleuth2021 at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or hanging out on your nearest street corner where there seems to be a dental practice everywhere you look. Signing off for now, I'm Greg Essenmacher. I thank you for your time and the pleasure of your company. And remember to keep smiling. This podcast was produced by T-Door Productions. Theme song written by The Whole Other.